All right, let's say a Hail Mary. Okay. Of all the Son of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hello, and welcome to Might, the official podcast of St. Michael Catholic Church in Gastonia. I am Shane, the Director of Evangelization here at the parish. And today we have a special guest, Principal Michelle Loman of the Parish School. Yes. Hello, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm welcome very to your to first be episode of Mike. I'm very excited. This is very exciting for the for the parish and even for the school. So thanks for inviting me on. Oh, we'd love to have you here. And we thought it'd be a good way for you to share a little bit about yourself, what's going on at the school. And uh, I'm becoming more and more aware of how big a deal the school is to the entire parish and to the community, and maybe you'll have a chance to share some of those things with us. Sure. Uh, how was your Easter? My Easter was very low-key, uh, which is nice. I attended my first Easter vigil. Uh, I've never been to an Easter vigil mass, and it was... That was my first one as well. It so, was yeah. absolutely beautiful. I really went in not knowing what to expect. I didn't even know what it was like. Uh, so it was one of the most beautiful things I've, I've witnessed, uh, and so... So I, it won't be my last. <laughs> and then I actually went, uh, got up Easter morning and went to Mass with my parents as well. Uh, and then we just had a very uh, low-key Easter on the farm, um, which is how most of my Easters go. So. I'll keep my response brief. I've, I shared it on another podcast, but yeah, the vigil really did something to me in the yeah. best sense of the word. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was affected. And so I can't imagine not ever going to a, an Easter Vigil Mass ever again. Certainly, yeah. And I I tried to go to Mass every day that week leading up to it. It was kind of my, my last Lenten thing. So I did. I made it to Mass every single day. And I think that kind of added to the impact of it as well. You know, uh, the Thursday, Last Supper Mass, and then the Good Friday, and, uh, you know, and then the Easter Vigil that Saturday night. So I think it, it just was so beautiful to see the story unfold to kind of live it you know through the gospels in real time so that was uh very impactful as well and something that uh i've never been able to do before either because i've been in public school so i haven't had the opportunity to you know go to those masses because quite often we're still in school so uh, right. and i think the public schools they were off when private school was on i'm not, I'm not yeah exactly sure. so yes. they had off the uh the week before each Easter and then Easter Monday I think they had off as well um, but I, that was rare I don't think we ever had that before I remember always having to um, we always had it off after. I remember when I was a Protestant pastor yeah those weeks when the public school would be off Holy Week mm-hmm. and so my children and my wife wanted to do something together as a family on Holy Week <laughs> and I was like well I'm pretty much booked yeah, yeah. so that was always uh, a little annoying yeah through that now, do you have family uh, in the state that live near you? I do. Okay. I only, um, they live about an hour away from Gastonia. Um, my parents uh, still live where I grew up. It's a little 13-acre farm. Um, growing up, I always wished that we had neighbors and, you know, why can't we live in a neighborhood? And uh, But now that I'm older, it's almost like my place of refuge. Like, I love going out there on a Sunday and it's just so peaceful. Um, it, it's just... A beautiful piece of property. It's so relaxing, um, and I had a, a, a wonderful. What childhood. kind of farm is it? Uh, it's it's just uh, they would call it like a family farm, a hobby farm, if you will. Oh. <laughs> uh, he, my dad has cows. Um, we have sheep, uh, ducks, chickens, a small pond. Um, but he was a police officer, uh, as is 
occupation. Uh, so the farm was just kind of like a hobby uh, that he um, that he had that all of us had really because growing up. You did can't. you did you tend the animals? Do you tend? Oh the animals yeah, now? chores wow. growing up was that was definitely a thing. You had to feed the chickens. We had to feed the ducks. Uh, and and as an adult, it hasn't stopped. Uh, sheep I've learned are very uh, fragile animals. <laughs> they need a lot of attention. Uh, so quite frequently when I go over there, we're more than likely They're very doing skittish something. too. Uh, yeah, they're not very friendly. The only ones that are, are friendly are the ones that are bottle fed, um, which that happens at least one time a year. Something will happen um, and we end up having to bottle feed one of them. And that's when uh, they become very familiar with us and they let us pet them and stuff. So My wife and I, we had chickens before having chickens was cool. <laughs> Uh, this is going back about 10 years and we loved it. Yeah. It, really? It was I mean, just great. I would just go outside and just watch them peck around yeah. uh, the yard just as a form of relaxation. Yeah. They're they're great. I mean, we have the free range chickens too. The fresh eggs obviously is the biggest thing, but yeah, they eat so many insects. Uh, that's a, a huge plus. Um, and yeah, they're funny. They're quirky little creatures. Uh, I remember growing up, my dad would always you know, when we, it was time for new chickens, he would order them from a catalog and they would come in the mail and the mailman would call my dad and be like, your chickens are here. And you can hear him in the background going like, beep, 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 beep. So we would go and pick up the box of baby chicks and, and bring them home. And, uh, so yeah, that was. <laughs> so a farmer, now a principal, uh, yes. <laughs> the leader of, of the parish school. Uh, tell me, cause I'm curious. I don't know this. How did you fall into becoming the principal of oh, St. Michael? That is a great question. And I honestly, I mean, long story short, it was God. Like I had no desire to be a principal ever in my life. Um, I did have a desire to teach in Catholic school. So that's, that was always something that I raised Catholic. Yes. Okay. I was raised Catholic and for the most part, always Fairly, I tried to be very strong in my faith, you know, <laughs> as everyone, we, we ebb and flow. Uh, but in college, I minored in religion, uh, which to mm. most people, they're like, what are you I like? Why are you doing that? But my whole intent was I'm going to go teach in a Catholic school one day. So mm. I minored in religion while everyone else, you know, you either minor in another subject area or you minor in something that will help you more in the realm of education, really. So did you uh, discern that at an early age, like a vocation? that you wanted to teach in a Catholic school? I I mean, I guess, I guess you could call it a vocation. I mean, it was just always this, this kind of underlying, like, I desire to do. Um, but then once I graduated, I went to go apply. And I think this was just being new to the world of, like, applying for jobs in schools. I realized that, hey, there aren't that many Catholic schools around. I lived in Wilmington at the time. So they did have one Catholic school. I believe I applied for that. But, you know, as most things, if you apply for a job and never, like, follow up or follow through, you're just one application in, you know, dozens, if not maybe sometimes hundreds. Uh, so I applied, uh, didn't hear anything, ended up actually getting a job with the school that I did my internship at through Wilmington. Uh, that so was, was a public school? It was a public school. And okay. it was a wonderful, I mean, it was probably one of the nicest public schools I've ever been to. And they were year round. Wow. Which I would love to do say, eventually. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it's a it's a wonderful schedule. I think it's very beneficial for student and student learning. Um, I could get into a whole well, thing Well, I, th I think that. I've read some studies that there's yeah. such a precipitous decline in, in comprehension. Mm -hmm. Well, not but retention is yeah. what I'm looking for. 
over three months as opposed yeah. to every you yeah. know, and being you off get, for two weeks yeah, and going you back You get home. like, you know, two and a half, three weeks off every nine weeks. That's like, you know, major vacations you get to take. And you still get a, we still got a fairly long summer. So it was about a month or so. But I just think there's so much more you can do with it. It prevents, I feel like, burnout from teachers and stuff. Like right as you're getting to the point where you're like, oh, I can't handle these kids anymore. You get a break. And I think it reduces the amount of time that parents take out their children and go on vacations on their own you know randomly like hey I'm gonna take my kid out for a week and take him to Disney and it's like you know why don't you wait and take them in the fall when they're like probably nobody else is going so um yeah I think there's a lot of benefits to that so well my wife she's a private school teacher mm-hmm. she's a St. Mark Catholic yeah and she talks about she's at the place where all the teachers this has been the years mm-hmm. felt long yeah. and uh, we're, we're looking to that to the to the end of the season that's interesting and so you would like to see year-round I like to see year round. I mean, I think it's it's a tough pill to swallow when people hear the word year round and they literally think like I'm going to school all the time. <laughs> so I think you have to like reel it back and really kind of introduce it to people almost like in slow increments to where you kind of start creating the calendar like that, and then you are like, oh look, this is what a year round calendar looks like, and they're like, oh well, that's what kind of what we're already doing, and you're like, hmm. yeah, it's not that bad. So we'll see. I mean. Uh, obviously all depends on the community and the needs and wants of that. Uh, We would have to be able, I know a lot of parents work a lot. So, I mean, it would want to be able to support those parents that work and, you know, if they don't have uh, care for their children and stuff. So there's a lot that goes into it, but it's definitely uh, always in the back of my mind of like, when would be Mm -hmm. the appropriate time to to transition to that? So, yeah. Uh, So so you're in Wilmington, you're at a public school. Oh, you're an intern or is this a position? I was an intern during college. And then I graduated. They had a long term, um, like a long term sub position for me. So I went, uh, did that until the end of the year. Um, so basically October to the end of the year. Uh, they didn't have another position for me. So I was an assistant in kindergarten for a little bit. That was uh, really fun. Let me tell you, being an assistant in kindergarten, uh, I learned a lot. I learned how to utilize an assistant. Uh, it, that was a great learning experience for me um but eventually it got to the point where they still didn't have a full-time opening and I couldn't live off an assistant salary so I had to go find something else so I my first real full-time position was at a tiny little school called Warsaw uh in Warsaw North Carolina I've never even heard uh, of no Warsaw. one probably has uh the best I sometimes people is it was in Duplin County so it was near Duplin Winery which a lot of people still don't really what's the closest city I, so here's Wilmington, and here is Raleigh. So it's in the, so it's in the eastern part of the state. Yes. Okay. And it, that's a two-hour drive uh, down 40, and it was literally smack dab in the middle. So I was driving an hour down 40 every day to get to... So when I say that I've driven, like, this is not my longest drive that I have to make to a school. Because you live in Concord. Yeah. So my my drive right now is about 50 or so so minutes. Warsaw, you said? Yes, Warsaw. Okay, so you're there. That's your first real job. I am there. And it was a doozy of a first year. It was um, a very rural school. And I think from the school that I went to in Wilmington, which was honestly probably one of the top 100 schools in the state. Uh, And then I ended up at Warsaw, which was honestly one of the bottom 
bottom 100 uh, schools in the state struggle were struggling so much. Mm. Uh, I was actually hired under a reconstructing bonus, so they like gave you know thousands of dollars for just you know these new teachers graduating to come on out and teach. Mm. Uh, very very hard, very very diverse, um, mostly African American and Hispanic um, community, and most of the Hispanic were migrant workers because there was all that those farmlands nice. and fields. Um, it was so hard to communicate with my families uh, and it was there was not a lot of involved families so again I went from a place where you know you have the huge PTO and everyone's involved to where I maybe met two of my parents all year Uh, it was night and day Um, it was hard it was a very I mean your first year of teaching is hard anyways but that was an especially hard year so were you just there the year yes okay I, I I couldn't make it more and I told my parents I was like I I can't go back and they were like well you have two options you find another job or you come back home and you figure it out here and I was like well I'll come back home because I don't wow. Wilmington didn't have a lot of teacher turnover obviously I mean it's at the beach who wants to you know who wants to leave and they generally had pretty good schools down there so the teacher turnover at the time it wasn't very big there wasn't a lot for a new teacher no one hires new teachers you don't have experience uh, which I've always thought was you know a funny thing um, they're like oh yeah your resume is great it looks awesome you don't have experience and you're like did you see my graduation date it was like less than a year ago uh, so that was hard so I moved back home um, and back to the farm back to the farm yeah so one of the two times that I had to move back in with my parents um, and I applied for a new charter school opening up brand new. Uh, they were just still building it. I applied uh, and got that. Um, that position teaching third grade. So that was my first. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I didn't ask this. Where did you graduate? Which college? UNC was it, Wilmington. It was Wilmington. Yeah. So okay. that's. I, I, so you became then now a, a third grade teacher. Yes. I, my uh, first year was in second grade at Warsaw. And then I went and I became a third. And that's where I stayed. I love third grade. Third grade has a very special place in my heart. I think third graders are the best they they're just such a fun age they come in and you know they still really kind of need you they're you know they love to give hugs and but i think it's also the grade where you can kind of mold them and structure them the most kind of like how you want and by the end they really do have a very like strong sense of responsibility and they're you know they're grown up and they're ready like you can see like okay you're ready to go on and so i've i've always loved third grade i think it's the best Great, and that's where I stayed. So I was at um, Cabarrus Charter Academy for three years. Okay, three. Mm-hmm. And uh, that place was a really big blessing. A lot of the friendships I have now, um, so many teacher friendships. Uh, so that was a really great place. Uh, and the and the parents and everything. It it was interesting starting a school. Uh, going through all the struggles of what a, a school just getting off the ground goes through. Were you close to the principal? I mean, at this point, you had no idea you were going to be a principal. Yeah, were no. Were you watching, learning? Or? Uh, a little bit. So, uh, again, uh, as part of the new school struggle, we went through three principals in the three years that oh, I was wow. there. So um, I definitely learned something from each of them. Each of them were extremely different, one from the other. So that was a lot as well. Um, and so uh, one of my friends and I... I think I, li- I lived with her at the time. And, uh, we had a connection to someone at Huntersville Elementary. So they were like, bring, your, bring in your resumes today. Come to the front office. Don't email them. Don't do anything. Like, Come with your resumes and your, your portfolio. Walk in the door. 
and asked to see the principal and so we did uh we both got to interview that day and then eventually we both got jobs there so it in was huntersville in huntersville okay. and we were living together so we we joke we met at the other school uh we started living together and then we both quit and went to the other school so so then how long were you in huntersville i was at, i was there for four years for four years and okay, i probably so. would have stayed at huntersville for like if if COVID hadn't happened and everything kept going the way it was, I really saw myself staying there probably for the remainder of my So is that career. when you saw the job posting? Is that the right word? Yes. Yeah, so okay. COVID happened. Uh, COVID is a big... Which was a disaster for so many people. For everybody. For, for teachers. I couldn't imagine it being was, in that environment. It was so... I mean, like I said, if it wasn't for COVID, I would probably still just be a teacher there probably I don't know I mean um so yeah we went into virtual learning and you know at first it was two weeks and so okay two weeks we can handle this in two weeks once it was clear that two weeks it was not gonna be two weeks um it I really started to question whether or not this was the future for me because you're like okay well if it's not two weeks how long is it gonna be is it you know two months the end of the year the next two years and I just knew that I did not like virtual teaching it was not um you know very quickly after those two weeks like the micromanaging started you know the dilution of what the content we were teaching and it just I, I was very discouraged. I was like, okay, like you, you trust us enough to do all this stuff in person. And now, you know, we're being micromanaged and having to, you know, do all this stuff online, recording what we're doing. And it was just so much extra work. I was almost like doing more work, proving what I was doing than actually teaching students. And uh, so it was hard. And before that, I, um, I've been on a pretty intense like fitness journey for the past two years. So I think even prior to COVID, I had started the process of going to get um, like my personal training license because I thought that would be a good thing to do over the summer, like while I'm not teaching just to earn some extra money. So I'd already spent like hundreds of dollars buying that program, you know, talking to my trainers, buying the test. So I was kind of doing that on the side as well. And then when COVID happened and I knew I didn't want to be a teacher, I was like, well, maybe I'll just, you know, forego the whole teaching thing for a year, just focus on personal training and, and getting into that world until COVID stuff slows down and, and I'll, I'll make an evaluation in about a year. Um, and then I think it had to have been the end of March, beginning of April. I got a text from my dad one night and I was like, hey, my friend um, says that the school attached to the church that he goes to is looking for a principal. Here's the priest's uh, number and email address. Text him and send him your resume. And I literally laughed out loud. I was like, this is a funny joke. And I, I was like, no, they're going to laugh at me. Like, I haven't had that much experience in in the teaching world. Um, I don't have my master's. I have no no desire to be an administrator and he's basically like you're gonna do it <laughs> yeah but you, you've been teaching seven years though eight years yeah at that oh, point that's, i had been like something. eight I mean, and you know that's... nine plus with like my assistant and stuff so yeah i mean i wouldn't say it's no experience yeah i but i guess i just in my mind was like oh administrators have right. to have like you know 20 plus and have like all these different ranges of of teaching i mean i'd only taught their grades so i was like i don't i don't know anything about their grades so uh he was like you have to do it so i did it uh, you know, just send, I think, text Father Ross. You're like, hey, this is who I am. I'm sending you an email with my resume. Let me know if you need anything else. And 
I don't even think I even Googled the school still. I was just like, okay, I'm doing this to appease my dad. I'm not going to, you know, do anything else. And then a few days later, I got a phone call and it was a random number. And prior to COVID, I wouldn't have answered any random number unless they're in my contacts. But because I had given my number to, you know, uh, kids' parents and that was, you know, the only way to communicate. I was getting calls from random numbers all the time. So I was like, oh, I should pick this up. It's a kid's parent. Uh, no, it was not. It was uh, Karen Menting who was helping father do the... Um, the the hiring process and just kind of cold calling applicants and having conversations with those so i will uh i don't even really know what the conversation was we talked a very long time i want to say almost an hour on the phone and i think most of her questions were even just about me it was very uh candid and relaxed but as soon as i hung up the phone i started like crying my eyes out and i called my parents and i was like this woman called me and she's talking to me and like what did you do bad like what happened i was like no i think i did really good and i think that they like me and i don't know if I want him to like me and they're like you need to calm down so that was kind of when I was like oh my goodness like this is real uh and then a few days later they're like well we we would like for you to come in and and have an interview and so that's when I finally said okay I need to you know look up this school I need to see what it's about so looked up St. Michael on the website took a little few notes about them you know did the whole interview prep thing wrote down some questions i had and showed up to an 11 person interview panel uh which is not intimidating at all Mm. um um on a very hot hot day in may um and yeah so did that um came back one more time for a much smaller interview i think it was father rossi uh, well, at that point, you knew that there was momentum building. Pr- pretty you know, much, right? yeah. At that point, and I think at that point, I kind of started to get excited. Like, okay, I think I'm going to be disappointed if I don't get this. Like, I okay. I have invested my. I've kind of started thinking about it. I was like, okay, like maybe I can do this. Um, so yeah, so had that interview, and then I think afterwards, Father Rossi and I just took you know, maybe like a two hour walk around Belmont Abbey's campus. And he was just basically telling me about himself and his journey, you know, because he used to be, he was discerning to be a monk there as well. And, uh, and then how he ended up at St. Michael. Um, and then I think like one or two days later, he, uh, he gave me a phone call. Um, it was at night and my mom and I were actually doing like a Zoom uh, trivia game with our, our gym. Our gym was doing a lot of online Zoom things to try to keep community. Uh, so we were in the middle of that and I looked at my phone and I was like, oh my goodness, I think this is a call. I think this is gonna, and so, uh, yeah. So I got that and um, it was full steam ahead from from there. Um, no, no looking back really, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any other way to explain it besides God wanted me here for yeah, whatever problems. reason. Um, still and I'm, trying to figure I, that out. I know, Father hired me. I could never tell whether I was in the running or not. He did a great job, he, a great poker face. Yeah. I haven't commended him on that. Yeah, he, a really good he does. Job. He's very composed like the entire time, yeah. which now after knowing him personally, like he's such an excitable person. So it is even more impressive that he can be so composed with someone. Like when you're talking to him, you're like, oh my gosh, like, do you hate me or do you love me? Or like, what, is, <laughs> like, what are your feelings? And um, cause he is such just a, you know, an excitable person. So yeah, he does. Um, so you, how long have you been there now? Uh, so finishing up, well, this is my second full year. Um, July is when I was officially started. So, well, what what has surprised you uh, about the role? 
what a lot has surprised me. Tell me a couple of things. Um, I think, first and foremost, I guess I'm just surprised that it feels so natural. Uh, sometimes um, I really didn't expect it to. I felt like it would take me a lot longer to fit into the role. And so many uh, qualities of a principal, I felt like I didn't have or I struggled with a lot. Um, I hate talking on the phone to people. I literally would get anxiety placing an online phone call to like mm, place an order for pizza. Uh, I have to call people every day now. Um, so I quickly had to overcome that. Uh, confrontation in general. I will ignore it. I won't like let anyone know that something is bothering me. I won't address it. Uh, I obviously have to have hard conversations with people all the time, with parents, with teachers. Um, and I mean, it didn't happen overnight, but I will say at this point, I definitely am way more comfortable with it than I ever thought that I would be. Uh, and so I, I guess I've just seen a lot of personal growth in areas that I didn't think that I would ever, you know, for 30 plus years, I had been stuck in that one, like, okay, this is like, this is just how I am. I'm never going to get over this. And now, you know, I feel a lot more comfortable doing that. So the amount of personal growth uh, has been, I guess, pretty shocking. And I me. think that's what leadership does, for the, especially for those who have been leaders of an organization. They they can resonate with it. It exposes yeah. so much about who you are, and yeah. you see your. It reveals yourself. Yeah. In many ways, I mean, would you say that applies to you? Like you saw things in yourself that you did not know were there. Certainly, and I think it leadership roles cause you to have to bring yourself to a higher level of yourself or like the best version of yourself you know as a teacher you, you know yes there's leadership positions and 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 things and such like that but yeah to it, it just kind of makes you be like okay like you know everyone else is watching me or I you're much more in the eyes of other people so that um yeah, I think it just brings out some of the best versions of yourself. And not all the time. I think sometimes, too. <laughs> Leadership can bring out, uh, you know, the other side of me as well. There's a lot more stresses and stuff. But um, I think that's where you just really have to, to work on that. I took a, a leadership seminar once. Uh, this is about five or six years ago. And I remember the uh, the thesis of the, the instructor who was mm -hmm. leading this particular portion of the workshop. He says... To become a leader is to become yourself. Yeah, that's beautiful. And he says, you know, we we worry so much about technique and yeah. methodology, and some of that is is good. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's good to be coached, but the best leaders are those who lead as themselves. Yeah, that's beautiful. In uh, all their vulnerability too, and, yeah. and not just always the 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 great presentation, but. Yeah. A great leader is someone who could say, I, well, I don't really know what yeah. to do right you now. You have to be super vulnerable or or even to be able to uh, have to apologize for like, you know, I didn't handle that situation. Well, I'm, I had to do that to some students just the other week. You know, I, you know, went in and I kind of went off on them a little bit and now we're so past and. I was like, man, I did not handle that well. So I went in and I was like, I need to talk to you guys. Like, I'm really sorry. I did not handle that situation well. But there was a lot going on and, you know, I it needed to be addressed. That was not how it should have been addressed. But can you understand my frustration? Next time I will make sure that I do this and that. And so, yeah, you you definitely have to be humble enough to be like, I did not do that correctly. And or, you've got hundreds of, if you can, if you include the, 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 the teachers, 
the parents, the mm-hmm. children, the extended family. I mean, mm-hmm. there are hundreds of people who look to you, yeah. you know, to lead them. What is What excites you the most about what you're doing? I mean, like when you're doing it, like this is great. I, I am energized by this. Yeah. Um, I, I think just, I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know too much about St. Michael's past or history or anything before I, I came to it. Um, and obviously COVID um, impacted it a lot. And so when I was first hired, we were really small. We um, we had a lot of struggles. Uh, we had a lot of obstacles to overcome. There was a lot of uh, history there. Um, and so I think one of the things that excites me the most is just seeing all of the change and the growth that's happening uh, and really the community that we're building here. I'm I'm very serious when I say that I love coming to school every day. I still hate getting up early in the morning and it's still a hard drive sometimes, but once I'm here, I do love all of my staff. We have an incredible staff. They work very well together. They are so self-sacrificing of their own time to each other. Uh, we have an amazing, amazing student. Uh, it doesn't mean they're all perfect, uh, but they, you know, each individually, I mean, they're, they're all children of God. So that in their own right, they're all beautiful. I think just seeing how much we've involved and only in two years, uh, I, I just am so proud of this community and how much they have come together. Uh, and even our relationship with the church, that has been amazing. Um, you know, that was one of Father Rossi's initiatives when I was first hired. Uh, you know, it was only kind of really two stipulations like, okay, we're going to do classical education. That's one thing. And we have to work really hard to build this relationship between the church and the school. And I said, okay, you know, how do we do that? Let's go. Uh, and so that has been really beautiful. Um, and just that every single day is something new. I'm, I mean, even if I had to plan out my whole day to a T, it would not go that way. Uh, which to some people stresses them out. And at the end of the day, sometimes it does. You know, I said that I would do X, Y, and Z. And I didn't do that because I was doing A, B, and C. But it's, you know, there's another day and it'll get done. Um, but just how dynamic the job is. Uh, you know, from actually doing administrative duties to, you know, there's one time where a pre-Ker was having a really tough day and I, I ended up being the one having to console him, but I also had to meet with the middle school team. So there I am sitting in the teacher's lounge, talking with the middle school team, holding a three-year-old, you know, that's sleeping in my arms. I was like, this is not what I would think that a principal would be doing. So, um, but I love it. It's very dynamic. Um, when you when you look back over the this your second year, what what is, your, what is one of your proudest accomplishments that you saw the school uh, achieve? Oh, proudest accomplishments that the school has achieved. Um, I think I'm very proud of how we are a, a school community that truly embraces our Catholic culture and we make that a priority for us like give us an example some people may not know this um every first friday we don't do any sort of academic like the whole school day is 
um, rearranged, and we focus that on the uh, you know the de- dedication to Jesus' Sacred Heart. We go to mass in the morning. Um, all the students go to uh, adoration at some point in the day. Uh, we've worked with a team of parents uh, who set up different activities. Um, and they have, you know, their rosary snack. Uh, they pair up with another grade level. Uh, we have had over half the time, um, Belmont. We've partnered with Belmont Abbey sports teams. They've come over and done skills and drills. Uh, and so, it, for being our first year and just getting it off the ground, it's been great. Uh, we definitely have a lot of plans for next year already, and how we're really going to enhance it. I think in this first year, and we talked a lot about this, is that. Um, we we just wanted the kids to know that, hey, First Friday is a special day. Do they know all of the promises of the Sacred Heart and everything that they get out of First Friday? Maybe not right now, but that's what we're going to start leading up to. Like, okay, like they know that this is a day of celebration. They know this is a special day. And then next year, we're going to start getting into like the nitty gritty of like, okay, but like, why is this so special? And why do we take an entire day and we don't do tests or quizzes or, you know, anything else and we only dedicate it to going to mass and going to adoration and saying the divine mercy chaplet at the end of the day and dismissing 15 minutes like like why do we do this um so i think that's a huge thing uh we've started to try to say the patriotic rosary the first wednesday of every month uh i kind of found it randomly but it was so beautiful (laughs) like i brought tears to my eyes and if you've never prayed the patriotic rosary go find it uh, just the words of our forefathers in it, like talking about America back then and how just eerily it relates to everything that's going on now and just seeing, you know, how important their Christian faith was to them. Um, it's so powerful. Like, I mean, America truly was founded to be a, a Christian nation. Uh, and so to, to, to pray for that uh, continuously is important. Well, isn't the primary job of the parish school is it's basically to make catholics yeah it's it's catechism it is it is um which is why you know our our transition to catholic liberal education is so important um you know we are still going to obviously have all the core subjects you know we still have math and and language arts we're going to start latin next year uh you know we have science and history uh but all of it is just now going to be more imbued with that catholic faith um, so yes, they'll still have a religion class section of the day, uh, but hopefully too, they will in their other subjects be able to relate, you know, what they're learning in math to their Catholic faith, you know, what they're learning in science to their Catholic faith. Uh, it's almost just kind of like putting a lens <laughs> over everything that they're learning. Uh, it's still very enriching material, you know, still uh, curriculum that is produced by some of the greatest, you know, education you know companies out there um it just has that lens over it which is really really beautiful so uh i think that is the thing that i'm most proud of um and how a lot of the staff has has embraced that i know it can be scary um thinking you know oh my goodness we're wasting so much instructional time like every friday i could be giving a test or i could be doing this and you know it's it's wasting academics but it's not like i I think that, you know, the first and foremost, like you said, that the salvation of their souls is what we're ultimately looking for. They can know 
every piece of information in the world, but if they don't have that relationship with God and if they don't, you know, if we don't prepare their soul for heaven, then what is the point of knowing everything? Um, and I think too, even in the classical liberal education um, is is teaching them that some of the greatest thinkers in the world knew that. Like they, that's, that's what they knew um, is that you can know everything in the world, but if you don't have a relationship with God or that everything that we know is a truth that comes from God. So, you know, you have to, we have to teach our children that. Well, it's almost like from a, from a Christian Catholic standpoint, it'd be like Paul, without love, it is nothing. Yeah. Without love, it is nothing. It's yeah. just a noisy gong. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the, the over the past year, and I've seen some incredible things happening as well. Like, yeah. this is such a Catholic school. Yeah. I mean, it's Catholic. Looking ahead to next year, what is exciting you? I mean, what, what are you... What are your dreams for next year? Very briefly, you may have twelve, but just give me one, one yeah. or two. Um, we are Father Rossi and I are playing around with the idea of daily mass. Again, you know, this is a, a relation, a, a parish school, so it's the relationship between the parish and the school, and you know, really the details behind making that work. But the fact that we're talking about it, like that, very much um, excites me. Uh, I think just our continued. A relationship uh, with Belmont Abbey and, and working with with them, they uh, are such an integral part of our history as well. Which you know it would be a whole nother podcast <laughs> to go into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that excites me. Um, I think too, just for our students, just as we grow in number, um, our our sports, honestly, too, I think is exciting. We we didn't really have sports the first year we did but it was very you know few and this year we've had a lot more um and we have uh, coach eddie sedaris who is an amazing asset and is so great with working with these students and even helping them to see how like physical fitness and sports and stuff and even that relates to god uh and and you know getting our students excited about that to us you know having more sports teams and being able to see our kids be athletic and and play you know in these sports and know the meaning of team i think we've had a lot of conversations about that about how i think kids have forgotten to be a part of how to be a part of a team Uh, we have such a selfish culture and it, they, you know, only focus on themselves, uh, you know, even just as simple as like, I don't feel like going to practice today, so I'm not. And you're like, no, you're a part of a team. You don't get to just choose whether or not you go to practice. Like, you have to be there. You have to be dedicated. Uh, so I think even, you know, having that, that there's so much for them to learn. Um with that uh this doesn't really have anything to do with school but i know i think we're gonna start first saturdays at saint michael uh, and i which, did not know that first oh, saturday is actually so, a part of the the promises yes that you, like, yes you yes. have to do uh, first saturday as well yes. it's not just first friday i did not know that yeah so i was invited um by mary theerfelder to be a part of a first saturday fatima book study uh, so my mom and i did that and after that i was like how how do we not have this here like i don't understand how every church in the entire world, like after all of these, you know, apparitions and visits and all of these, you know, requests by Our Lady, like how this is not in every church. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Um, and again, yeah, I think it will be a, a very good part because it is. First Fridays are incomplete without that first Saturday. So, you know, even though it happens on Saturday, I have very little control over, you know, mm-hmm. what families or students, but hoping as we continue this devotion, that they will understand the importance of it and you know we'll start seeing that so I think that is what I'm really excited about as well 
I think it was this. This is made off the wall. Like like Thomas Aquinas said something along the lines: "Is something that's becoming more perfect the more it aligns with this design." Yeah. And what I love hearing from you is that the, the parish school was designed to be thoroughly Catholic. Yeah. And and it's becoming more and more what it, it was designed to be. Yeah. Uh, and that's exciting. It just and I I don't know I we've just had so many blessings this year and I just can't help but to think it's because you know we we are surrendering our school to God's will like our school is here to build up his kingdom our school is here to you know to help these students grow in virtue and have that relationship with God and so you know we're not here to have a thousand students we're not here you know to make a million dollars we are here um and we're here for these like to help these families to educate their children and I think that's um a huge direction in, in which the school is going which I'm so proud of is we are recognizing that parents are the first educators so mm-hmm. it, it's not hey give us your kids and let us you know do the work it's we need your help work with us um you know what what do you want to see us doing um parents opinions are so important to me i try to do surveys as often as i can before i make decisions because i want to know if this is something that's important to them um because they're the they're the ultimately the first educators of their children uh so having that close partnership with the parents is is so very important but you know as parents that should be their first goal for their children as well. Not, I want them to, you know, get into the best college and I want them to, you know, go play in the National Soccer League. It should be, I, I want them to get into heaven. So, you know, helping parents remember that, like, okay, you know, they got to see, but guess what? They've also been showing the virtue of honesty so well this quarter. And we're so proud of how they've been doing that. Um, you know, hey, they didn't make the final score in soccer, but guess what? They show extremely good sports and you know they prayed with their team after they lost that is beautiful to us so I think just reminding the parents um, you know because it's easy to get caught up in that I'm sure that hey ultimately your desire and our desire for your children should be to get to heaven and everything else along the way is, is you is know secondary it yeah. is you know it can be celebrated of course but we we need to make sure that we're forming your children into disciples of Christ and the school is clearly doing that I have one last question sure. for you Shoot. What's the funniest thing that's happened to you? Two years as a principal, you're the leader. Everybody's eyes are on you. You got any, got a funny story for us before we uh, sign off? I am trying to think. I I cannot. I'm a funny story. I I really can't think of one. I'm sure there is something. It's like one of those things where you know that funny things have happened. Sure. But like in you bring moment, your dog. I do. We tried to have her in here. She's a mouth breather, so um, that didn't work out very well. Yeah, she she's fun. Uh, she came a lot last year because of COVID, uh, and uh, the school was kind of quiet, and this year we're so much more busy. So I don't get to bring her very often, um, but when I do, the kids love her. Um, what dog is she? She's a half Frenchie, half pug, so I call her Frug. Uh, she's about 10, mm. 10, 11 years old. She's an old lady, um, but she loves the kids. She really does. Uh, and a few, probably about a month ago, um, 
I went outside and the kindergartners are all starting to read now. So they have their little books and they can read their, their little sight words. And so Gem and I took two out at a time and we went and sat on a, a bench outside and they all read. Uh, to They love reading. To, they were reading to Gemma, not me. Uh-huh. So they were reading their books to Gemma. Uh, and so that that was just like super cute to me. They, yeah. they absolutely love her. Um, but yeah, no, funniest thing. I don't know. Funny things happen all the time. I'll, I'll come back to you. We'll open the next podcast with that because yeah, I know right. as soon well, as I end, I'll think of a thousand. Well, let, let's end. If somebody wants to reach you, what's the best way? Uh, sure. you, just tell everybody the website and yeah, uh, so how to research the school. Our, um, we got a new, new domain, which is so much easier. Uh, so it is STM csg.org uh, the website is newly renovated and updated so it is beautiful easily uh, navigatable uh, if that's a word yep. easy to navigate um, so they can visit that we have an Instagram uh, which I believe is smcs underscore tigers uh, but it's also connected to our website um, my email is mdvolman at, again, stmcsg.org. But honestly, uh, they could call the school um, as well. Uh, All the information is found on the website. Um, But really, the best way to, I I love when people walk in and like just Yeah, because you said you don't like the phone. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I don't. I mean, I'll talk to you on the phone, but I love when people just walk in and be like, you know, even if I'm not available at that moment, I will try to make myself available or just walk in to schedule uh, a time to meet with me. I do have monthly coffee and rosary with the principal. Uh, That is published on our website as well. And I do that as an opportunity for school parents to come meet with me. I believe we put it in the bulletin, um, but just that is a time. uh, It's one Friday a month. Uh, for people to just come in and, you know, pray the rosary with me, have some coffee, and then, you know, whatever's on your mind. If you're a potential parent and you want to ask me all about the school, great. If you're a current parent and you have some concerns or you want to tell me how awesome something's going, great. Uh, but I think that's just a very special time. I block it out. Like, my attention's going to be on you. Uh, and we we pray for our school and any other intentions that, that they may have. Um you could always call the front desk. We do tours. Um, we do shadow days for kids. So the kids who are looking to come to St. Michael can be paired up with another student of the grade level they'd be going into uh, and see what it's like for the day. Um, so yeah, our, our door is literally always open for the most part. Uh, so just come on in and, and see what we're, we're, what we're about. But we, we're very open to people coming. <laughs> well, you should be proud of what's happening. And Thank all you. the people here listening uh, that are parishioners here at St. Michael should be proud of what's happening at the school it's really incredible what's going on we couldn't do it without their support honestly without their support and their generosity you know of of giving um because they do you know support student tuition of of the students from saint michael so really without i should be thanking them because without their support their their giving their prayers uh i know that our school wouldn't be where it is today so you know they're they're the ones that <laughs> deserve praise a God. praise. Praise God. Yes, exactly. Well, Principal Volman, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. I look forward to being on here again soon, hopefully. And if you want to reach me, Shane Page, uh, you can reach me at the website. Our website is stmccg.org, and you'll find my email there. Uh, on behalf of Father Rossi and all the people of St. Michael, thank you for listening to Might. See you next time.